they've beaten the West Coast Eagles by 10 points. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professionals. I'm your host, Scoot, and I've got the kid MG in studio. Marcos, big week in football and was. world sport. It certainly was. Highlights, yeah. Ash Barty. Yeah, Ash is on top. She has to be, doesn't she? That yeah. was uh, phenomenal. Yeah, only the, uh, what have we got, 40 years we had to wait for a female uh, Wimbledon champ and uh, only the third female to do it for us ever. So, uh, yeah, it was awesome. And it was a tough match too, wasn't it? She was uh, on top early. Uh, thought she might have let it slip in the second. I'm not going to call it a choke, but gee, she uh, did her best to give it away. But uh, she came out of the blocks in the third and uh, put her away. I didn't see any of it. I saved myself <laughs> for the, the Euro. I, uh, yes. I just per chance, I didn't set my alarm or anything. I like to wake up naturally as, as many days of the week as I can. But I loved the script of Italy versus England. And I obviously wanted England to choke, but I couldn't have I couldn't ri- written a script better myself. It was yeah. a phenomenal performance for them to lose in penalties, and just the outcry on on Twitter, and just some of the scenes were just it was just classic. It was like it was written pre tournament. <laughs> it was a pisser, wasn't it? Yeah, you. Uh, I think you called it maybe two weeks out in the tournament. You really hadn't got into the tournament at all. And uh, when you realised England were favourites, uh, they they were your lay, and you went on with the job. And uh, you said, "I hope they make the final and lose uh, in penalties." Would be the ideal script, and uh, that's how it happened. It was brutal, brutal penalties, wasn't it? Speaking of brutal, Conor McGregor breaking the ankle. I tell you what, it, in terms of resilience, the way he's handled breaking his ankle and then coming out with surgery, I think a lot of the AFL players need to take a, a bit of a leaf or just sports people in general, Yeah, maybe even Naomi. And I, I tell you what, just as a side <laughs> note, I thought Ash Barty handled herself well in the presser. But the resilience from McGregor, just to sort of laugh off, I know he's... He's half mad, and you'd have to be to be in the USC octagon. Yeah. Uh, but amazing how he's bounced through that ankle injury. Yeah, it shows uh, how much adrenaline must run through the body with those guys because uh, there were certainly no signs of a green whistle, which uh, a few <laughs> of the sports that we follow, uh, they would have been on their second green whistle, some of these players. Uh, we've seen some broken legs in, in, in particularly AFL over the last little bit. And uh, they turn a different shade, don't they? But uh, Conor McGregor, he was he was sitting back, still giving it to uh, Poirier. He was giving interviews, uh, giving it to the crowd, or he's setting up his next fight, and he's got uh, he's got his lower leg hanging on sideways. So, um, yeah, different. He's a different cat for sure. Some uh, talking of resilience, the Kangaroos. Uh, you heard it in the opener, the win from Monday Night Football, the Kangas to topple West Coast. West Coast are, are borderline pathetic at the moment, and it was all honours to the Kangas. I thought Cam Zerha, despite being a little bit in- inaccurate, was fantastic. Stevenson, uh, he's now showing his true colours at North Melbourne. It was probably his best game, I think, of his career. Yep. Uh, so he just racked them up and. They are building a good culture down at uh, the Kangaroos. That was a tough win. You can yeah. that that'll hold him in good stead for a, quite some time. That win, won't it? Yeah, it'll go a long way for the rest of the year to show them what they're capable of, and the coach will be able to draw plenty positives from it. Uh, I think right now, though, it was a good win because they were headed in the last quarter, and the crowd were getting pretty raucous. Um, but I think it shows more where West Coast are at, uh, maybe in the north, um, and the, their coach looks lost for answers for sure. He wants the season finished. The bookies had an absolute fill-up, probably their their biggest for the season to date. What was it? Three favourites, one out of nine. And 
It was just raining upsets. I was lucky. I had a baby shower on Saturday and I avoided a, a lot of the action. Um, I didn't really love the games off the you know, looking at the first look of the, the rounds and I, I've dodged a fair few bullets there. But what do you make of it? I guess it started on Thursday night with Port. They were heavily backed. You fell into them. And then I think I joked with you. I don't know if it was on the show or not, but early last week, I said, <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised if D's come out and win 40 plus. I got that wrong, but... They were pathetic, Port Adelaide, and they just can't beat a top four side, can they? Yeah, it was the uh, it was my major query coming into the match, wasn't it? Um, again, get the betting part right that they opened uh, Port Adelaide at plus uh, two and a half. They closed uh, between five and six, so got the betting part point. Just couldn't get the win, and uh, yeah, disappointing for Port again. They uh, had their chance at home against a vulnerable top four side. Right then, uh, couldn't get the job done. And, uh, yeah, Melbourne, you know, maybe they've just come out of their little slumber. We we tried to put our finger on it for the four or five-week stretch where we thought maybe they're uh, just uh, gliding their way through the mid-season, waiting to ramp up. And uh, that was a good starting point for them to ramp up for sure. They were, they were very impressive. Ben Brown? Uh, thought he did a good job. Not on the scoreboard. And if you look at his stats, you'd say uh, he'll probably be dropped this week. Um, but uh, when you watch the replay, structurally, he, uh, I thought he brought the little forwards in more than anything. I think they appreciated uh, having him around. Mm. Um, and he also allowed Gorn to not overruck and played less game time, uh, allowed Jackson more balanced uh, and just straighten him up. And also Tom McDonald benefited a lot. So I think as long as the conditions are okay... Um, ben Brown will play the next three or four weeks. I think he slots in because he straightens them up. Mm, I'd be surprised if structure. he got, got dropped. I don't think they just look at the stat. I think yeah, the I coach would be so. smarter than that. Yeah, I, I think he opened up basically the forwards and it showed they put 85, 86 points on the board, mm. um, which they've been struggling a bit for offensive late. So now I give him a tick and uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks for Melbourne, he can put a couple of goals on the board. Bulldogs and Brisbane Lions, both we like them both for the yeah. grand final. Do we just excuse those? Are they having a little bit of a lull? I'm happy to excuse the Bulldogs. I think they've played probably what eight quarters of bad football. But what about your Lions? Yeah, no, I never like to never like to lose. I know you can't win every game. That's that's the other flip of the coin. Um, yeah, listen, they let they definitely let them slip. Um, but they probably were playing. You know, St Kilda now have obviously found a bit of form. We got some players back. Um, Ryder and Marshall in the ruck, we know what difference makes us in Kilda. So maybe uh, St Kilda are just finding some late form. Uh, whether they make the final eight, I think they'll just miss still. And Sydney, uh, wow, what, what a turnaround from 17th last year. Uh, I know Longmire hasn't been spoken about, but he's got to be close to uh, coach of the year at this stage for what he's done. He's turned them around. Uh, they've got a hard edge to them and they showed the Bulldogs up. The Bulldogs didn't want to be in the contest for mine. Um, which is, is it's glaring for Luke Beveridge. I know he'll dust it off and they'll move on, uh, see if they get the win this week. But, yeah, it, it wasn't a great look for him. Mm, Longmire, coach of the year. Just it makes you wonder if Hawthorne had done the right thing here by sacking, by well, they've virtually sacked Clarkson. In He's some, not wanted. If you, if, you form, watched, yeah. if you watched on the couch last night, now they're saying that Hawthorne want Clarkson gone next year. Yeah, well, you're either in or you're out, aren't you? So you can frame it up whichever way you want. But they don't want him at Hawthorne anymore. They showed him the door. Um, whether he stays out next year or not, um, probably more unlikely than likely. But, uh, 
Yeah, long long Moe's doing a good job for sure. It's a funny one with the Swans and Adelaide Crows. Adelaide Crows started the season really strongly. They were both the, the bolters in the first couple of weeks and now Adelaide can barely kick a score. They were absolutely insipid uh, last Thursday night, I think it was, against the Bombers, who were a massive go at the line. Mm. They were absolutely off the map and they were dead as a doornail, the, uh, the Crows. No techs. Yeah, one of the, probably one of the worst performances of the year, I would have thought. Um, you know, even early, if you watch a replay back, the first five or ten minutes, they just, uh, you know, had no intent on scoring at all. They just didn't want to get belted off the park. And it seemed like they got out with this, a ten-goal loss, which is probably about where they thought the minimum was. Um, yeah, that was a try, a non-trying game. You know, we've seen in the past Carlton and... Uh, Teams going for the wooden spoon, not trying. That was equally in that basket for mine. Mm. Let's have a look at uh, the bookie wrap from the weekend and uh, let's see how much money they really did win the bookmakers Australia-wide. Around 17, it was three out of nine favourites at 33%. The line was three out of nine as well. And the total's three out of nine. And for the season, favourites are striking at 96 out of 144 at 67%. The line, 67 and 144. And then the total overs, 70 uh, after 144. So at 49% there. The scoring uh, has completely <laughs> dried up. And it was funny, I, I tweeted out, oh, it must have been fr- Friday night. I, I'm, I'm not really sure. It's a bit of a blur. But after the Essen Adelaide game, I'm, I, I was ranting a little bit given the stand of the match. And poor old Nicky Noonan from our racing show, and he went to the game, and lots of my mates went in the Medallion Club. They're all big Essen supporters, and I dodged a massive bullet by not going <clears throat> to the Friday night fixture. But I said how bad the game was, and then I think I was proven right for the next couple of days. It was it was an absolute nightmare that all of it wasn't it. Yeah, they set the tone. Um, yeah, I think I think the AFL um, for certainly for the Friday night game you're talking about the Essendon Adelaide they should have given everyone their money back and probably put on free beers from half time um, just to compensate the people's efforts in going because uh, yeah that was a it was a disgraceful game of football wasn't it? It was really really low end. Mm, unwatchable. Um, not AFL standard in any aspect. Um, and, yeah, disappointing for Adelaide. And, you know, Essendon are trying to build. You know, they got the win and everything like that. But, geez, their performance uh, went to go up a couple of notches to make finals as well. Let's have a look at uh, where the money went in the hits and misses here. Port Adelaide uh, with a big mover, two and a half to five and a half. And the D's absolutely dismantled them by 31 points. The total, it was a big go, the under, 150.5 to 145.5. It was a hit. Essendon were probably one of the biggest goes of the week, 20.5 to 25.5. They smashed them, 63-point win. Fremantle, 2.5 to 9.5, 62-point winners against my Hawks in at Tassie. That uh, was an embarrassing outfit, uh, Hawthorne. That was awful performance. Carlton, the total, uh, 163.5 to 155.5. That was a hit. The Richmond total, 151.5 to 146. That was a miss. And the West Coast money was staggering too, 22.5 to 29.5. And the Kangas got that upset. Incredible, uh, some of those betting moves, but it's, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a really super strange, tricky round. Really strange a Monday night game with West Coast. Mm. Um, the total kept falling out of the sky because uh, the rain forecast. Um, yet the, the line went yeah, from went 22 to 29. And I just couldn't work. It even touched 30 at one stage. So I just couldn't work out how uh, pretty much you could go both ways. Uh, West Coast winning by more than 30 and also uh, covering the total 138, which it closed. So, um, yeah, it was, the you know, scoring third week in a row. Um, you know, it's been uh, – it's really dried up. Um, we've had three totals out of nine 
um, only go over the last three weeks and also the accuracy is uh, below 50% the last three weeks. So both the kicking for goal and just the general scoring has been very poor. All right, let's talk about uh, Sting of the Tail. And this is what we'll t- talk about, the state of the game. OB, he uh, he was on the Little Birdie podcast at the end of last year, and he sort of started to rib me and on Twitter. And he basically said that uh, it's it's not the AFL's fault, it's the coach's fault and the way that uh, the coaches are coaching the game. And I said, well, the AFL's new rules that they've Im- implemented, not many have worked. The kick-out work, is one that we we'd probably agree works and the 666 rule but everything else that they've tried to speed up the game hasn't worked and it's funny cuz in the VFL game there was Richmond versus Collingwood in the VFL game I think it was on Sunday it was a free to air game on channel 7 but it was more free flowing and high scoring and probably a better standard than I'd say 90% of the AFL from last weekend but out of the last 3 rounds how many decent games and watchable games of footy have there been? Like you and I have traded. I, I traded footy for seven years for uh, for Alan Scandit. You've been uh, working in AFL and sports trading for 20, 20 plus years. Since I was a teenager. Yeah, well, since you were a teenager. Like it's, <laughs> like, uh, you can call us negative, but we'll just tell the truth and say it how it is. The game is yeah. absolutely cactus. Yeah, it's not. Uh, this this is not us AFL bashing at all. Um, you know, this is just. Us. I still love the game. Yeah, one hundred percent. We watch every. You know, so every we, game. We watch every game and uh, and the replays. And we watch the replays. So, um, you know, we we have to endure the pain twice. Um, <laughs> whereas some people just watch one game, or, or they watch one or team. two, or they watch the minis and they go, "Oh, it's not a bad game because it was a close finish." Well, reason why half of them are close finishes is because they're sixty to fifty in scoring. Um, so it's very hard to get a lopsided game. But, yeah, when you say how many good games in the last three weeks, uh, I say there's four. I, I say in round 15 there was two decent games. There was zero in race uh, round 16, and I reckon there was two good games last week. Uh, and the North Melbourne West Coast was a good last quarter. And that uh, was in insipid conditions, You could like, probably in the worst conditions. And then the other close game was the GWS and Gold Coast Suns, and they were entitled. That was probably the first time I can remember for quite some time that yeah, the wind had – a dominant effect on a game. We, you know, it was probably a three goal or four yeah, goal, perhaps wind. Yeah, we gave that. I mean, you don't count that in your assessments, I guess. You've got to give it a, uh, you know, just move on. The West Coast game obviously had weather for uh, some part of it as well and the wind game. So you take those two out of it. But you're just talking about games that are played, you know, at the Dome or the MCG. We're on uh, pretty much hard decks, uh, you know, in perfect conditions. And, you know, the, the average scoring is around the 10, 11 goals. Uh, for each team. Um, so it's really dropped off the scoring. Uh, and I saw a stat the other day that the way the AFL's trending right now, it'll be the lowest scoring in five decades. Um, that's how bad it's got. In perfect conditions, on perfect grounds, and yep. 95% of the – it's just – Yeah, we so far conditions. this winter overall we have had not had that many uh, weather-affected games. So, you know, the AFL won't be able to use that as an excuse. Um you know, so what? So what happens? You know, I, I just think you know, and and we can't even blame it on the stretch of resources. Um, you know, with the players, with the eighteen teams, it seems that teams used to be measured. We'll, we'll go from say the two thousands. Most teams, when you measure good teams, you always look at the bottom six, and then their next six up for injuries. Now, you know, if you go through the list right now, people who watch AFL all the time be hard pressed to find 
uh, most sides having good players outside their top 12. Mm. So, you know, I think the bottom six has now become the bottom 10 and a lot of them is in bottom 12. Just not AFL standard. You know, the skills, I mean, you could show highlights, literally hundreds of them from one round of football and you could do it for every week this year, whether it's goal kicking, turnovers, simple handballs, the one percenters, um, you know, you just supporters just shake their heads. You know, you see the feedback. I know Twitter's not exactly the, the greatest forum, but at least everyone has, you know, speaks their mind freely. Um, and it's not just your own club or the club they're playing against. It's just AFL language in general that I would say a large portion or most of the AFL fans this year are just shattered by the way the game's gone. And the AFL have now got to use the next six weeks and going into finals to really rectify it going forward because, you know, they're screaming that fans aren't going back to the game and they're going to blame it on COVID for this year. And in part, that's fair enough. But, you know, if you want to be honest and put out a poll that most people aren't going to the games because the games are atrocious. Mm. It seems like fatigue is the only way that the game opens up. Most sides try and zone and protect um, space across the ground. And then once the third quarter sort of kicks in, and especially in the last quarter, the floodgates open because the players are just out on their feet once they're sort of tapping out of their rotations or there's been an injury sub, and that's when the game opens up. You saw it Collingwood kick, what, 44 points in the last quarter of the West Coast Kangaroos game. That's when the game finally opens up, and it's a trend that we've seen throughout the year. It's not until the second half of football that the game breaks open. So should the AFL be trying to encourage more fatigue in the game for it to open up? Are the rotation still a big problem, part of the problem? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can always look pro or con of it. Um, I think the game, personally, of what I've seen, especially in the last, say, month, the games open up because all of a sudden teams want to win it and they're within striking range on. and they take it on. Now, you know, when you watch highlights in uh, Little Facts, and the, watching the minis are, are great because they kind of compact everything and you actually sit down for four hours and watch the whole round, is that... Um, most of the scoring is done when footballers go fast, direct, and and want to score. And and the, you saw the energy in that North Melbourne West Coast game in tough conditions. Mm. And the crowd got the crowd was as loud as we've heard all year. Um, everyone gets energised by it. So the players would prefer to play in scoring games around the hundred hundred, not sixty to sixty. And if the coaches allowed, I think the coaches play the biggest part. You know, uh, the player's natural instinct of playing football is not to mark the ball, go back slowly, and then pass it backwards or sidewards. It's to get it going, moving, moving to your to mids, to your forwards, and try and score. It's the aim of the game. We're not playing soccer. Okay, so maybe uh, your rule change that you mentioned a couple of weeks ago about kicking the ball backwards, maybe that's something to trial uh, in the off-season. And maybe a, a rule that they should think about is having the full forward and full back to be stationed inside the forward 50. So unless the full, the full forward is taking a shot for goal, I think maybe they should trial the full forward and the full back at least being stationed in the forward 50 to try and create some sort of anchor or spread of the players throughout the game. I'm not, I'm not convinced it'll work, but yeah. they need to try something because the current scrum and the grid and the cluster that it is just isn't working and it's producing. As you said, it's we're on track to have the lowest uh, lowest sc- yeah. scoring season in five decades. And for Chris Scott to come out and say, oh, we need to reduce the quarters, I think that's going to only exacerbate the problem and it will get worse. If we shorten the game, it's going to be less scores and it will give sides yeah. more time to be no more defensive Yeah, because it's less fatigue. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm It'd not, be a disaster. I don't understand the uh, the line of 
thought going into the less playing time? Who who wants the less playing time? You know, the fans certainly don't. No. You know, if you you know, I mean, we could put out a poll. The AFL could put out a poll, and, and it wouldn't fall out of the ninety percent of fans actually want less game time. Um, they want more scoring. So less less game time will dry up the scoring even more, as you said, because of the fatigue. And I'm not sure why Scott's so, uh, you know. Well, he said he doesn't want to coach anymore. It's it's well, like he's disillusioned with the game anyway. He he's as negative as, as I am, or yeah. worse. Well. I, I just don't understand why we need less game time. You know, if, if they say that, you know, he keeps talking about the duration of the game, you know, that, you know, the game didn't finish until 10.30 at night or something like that. Well, stop starting the games at 7.50 <laughs> and start them at 7.20. Yeah. And why do we need 20 minutes for half time? Mm. You know, uh, what's wrong That's with outdated, ha- what's wrong with having three or four minutes for quarter time and three quarter time and 10 minutes maximum for half time, and then the game finishes earlier. And if we start at 7.20, everyone's in bed by 10 o'clock. Mm. If that's what, you know, that's what the bedtime of, of Chris Scott and stuff is. I, I just think that leave it at 20 minutes, what it is, and actually, you know, Chris Scott's one of the main um, the main components of shutting games down and having less scoring. That's what he wants for his side. You know, he's, you know, what, two or three times this year, Geelong have actually looked like scoring. So, mm. And then I, at full strength, they've got one of the most potent attacks and they can put on big scores. It's crazy, yeah, isn't it? They choose not to. Yeah. Yeah, they play from defence first. I, I think the coaches have, have played the biggest role and I think changing the rules, um, you know, history's shown the coaches are just smarter than the AFL when mm. it comes down to it. Whatever rules they uh, employ, they get the heads up pre-season and they can plan against it and... It doesn't increase scoring. Mm, Clarko's cluster may have ruined the game, but uh, yeah. maybe at Big Al needs to go and fix uh, fix the mess that he's started. I'm a big fan of uh, leaving the game alone and yeah. it naturally work itself out. But uh, speaking of working things out, we're going to have a look at round 18 AFL. We're going to have a chat to Top Rope Tedeschi about the origin and round 18, the second half of the split round in the Rugby League. And we'll also uh, try and pick our way through uh, Lock of the Week. We just keep getting uh, smacked on the chin with that one. And uh, we'll just take a quick break here. But uh, make sure if you're having a bet this week, it's topsport.com.au, owned and operated up there on the Gold Coast. They've been in the game for about 30 years. So bet with a bookmaker you can trust, topsport.com.au. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG in studio. Now it's time to look at the round 18 AFL. And the first game is at Optus Stadium over there. Geelong are an away favourite, $1.58 against the Dockers, $2.42. And the line is on the move, 10.5 into 9.5. First thoughts here, MG. Both sides off a uh, a short five-day break here. So no edge there to either side, but uh, cats are on the road. It's crazy. Frio are in the eight, aren't they? Shot. Surprise. Who have they beat that's any good? Not many. All of a sudden, they're seventh on the ladder just by default. It's uh, it's crazy. A few of the people you've spoken to this week have uh, seen the ladder and can't believe uh, Frio are in the eight. It's uh, you know. So anyway, this week we've got <laughs> we've got the Thursday night game. Both teams are off five day breaks, uh, and all of a sudden now it's seventh v third on the ladder. And early money is for Frio here, Scooty. So uh, they're thinking Frio at home might get the uh, might get the job done. Um, Against a pretty good Geelong side who has not lost to, uh, other than Adelaide round one when they lost uh, by a point, uh, haven't lost to anyone outside the top four. So um, he's going to be a big ask for Freo, I would have thought, but the early money's for him. Freo's midfield's motoring at the moment. It is. And that's where they'll have their advantage for sure. Uh, Mundy, Fife, Chera um, and Brayshaw going really good. 
Um, and they're most pro- probably one of the most improved players in the leagues there, Ruckman Darcy. His last month of football has been uh, extraordinary. And uh, I think right now he's uh, vying for um, maybe the second or third best Ruckman in the comp. Uh, so if he can get them forward, Geelong's weakness has obviously been their Rucks for a long time. Uh, so Frio will definitely set up for the advantage in the middle. Darcy can control the airways uh, and give their forwards, uh, sorry, their mids first use. Um, you know, maybe they might be able to, maybe they might be able to stretch Geelong, but that also plays in Geelong's hands because they love playing defense first, don't they? Um, so the key to Frio is actually just getting in Mundy's hands, and he, he'll pick apart the Geelong defense for a Frio side of it. Um, so I'd, I just think the money will continue for Frio in this game. Um, so if you like Frio, I'd probably get on earlier rather than later. And if you like Geelong, you can wait until the day uh, pre-game. You'll get your best price then. Mm, I'm uh, a little bit wary of Fremantle. I haven't really taken a big scalp for mine. And I think that uh, Geelong might start a little too cheapy. If there's any yeah. six or seven or yeah. even five and a half for the Cats, I'll be, uh, I'll be taking the minus there despite being uh, an away game. Yeah, I agree. I think Geelong will be the bet, but I don't think there's any rush to go in and uh, and take it right now. Awesome. On Friday night, we've got uh, what uh, probably looked like a blockbuster early in the year. This is uh, a bit of a fizzer now. Richmond hosts the Brisbane Lions at the MCG Friday night, and it's dollar forty-seven. The Lions two seventy-two. The Tigers and the line thirteen and a half. Your Tigers are <laughs> in free fall, and the love affair's got to win, doesn't it? Yeah, they're my Tigers. I thought they are playing my you've, side this week. You've found them all year. I won the, line, I won the <laughs> Lions for the Premiership, which took a hit last week and obviously lost, lost Hipwood for the year. Mm. Um, so, listen, this is um, you know a big game, obviously, for top four for Brisbane and Richmond are now fighting. They've probably got to – they only could drop one more, I think, and make the eight Richmond, and they've got Brisbane and then Geelong in the next two weeks. So I think in the next fortnight, if Ge- Richmond can't get a win out of the next two, then their season is officially done. No, it's already over. I, call, already called, I called it in April. Well if, well, if they win five of their last <laughs> six, yeah, I know, I know. But, um, you know, I'm talking mathematically away. Um, big game for Richmond, Jack Rewalt's 300th. That doesn't matter. Well, it does. It's well, his 300th. No, but milestones don't affect it. Well, I think yeah, Silk maybe. got beat for uh, against Port Adelaide, and he's four hundredth. The teams don't rise for it. That's just garbage. You can't bet on that. It's part of the build up for oh, the okay. game. It's Jack's, Jack okay. Rewalt's three hundredth. Yeah. And what I was going to say <laughs> before you said it doesn't matter is, uh, you know, his uh, credentials uh, stack up with uh, many, many of the greats in the game. Really, um, you mm. know, his goal huge career. Yeah, 300 games, over 700 goals, couple, uh, three premierships. Um, it's won a swag. I think 10 um, leading goal kickers. Takes hangers. won a few Coleman's. Yeah. Uh, can claim to one of the great marks, all that kind of stuff. So just from a side note from being a player, whether they lift for him or not, um, I think the key stat also here um, looking at this game, the early money is for Brisbane, which kind of surprises me. I thought... I'm not surprised. No, because you're driving the bus for Brisbane all of a sudden. But what I'm saying is that... Um, you know, you still got to balance out the argument. So Brisbane have lost nine straight at the MCG, which is a big stat. They don't like playing at this venue and they haven't had success for a long time. Um, I know Richmond are going really badly, um, but, you know, this is season-defining stuff now and I know their last four weeks have been disgraceful. Um, and the money will p- maybe push for Brisbane another one or two. So, again, if you like Richmond in this game, I'd just wait until the death of bet. 
you're a brave person if you are back in Richmond, but I'm just trying to wind out how the the betting will go in this game. Um, Brisbane are probably an early bet, and that's probably where you've seen a lot of the multis go in, and the bookies are probably maybe shading the Brisbane side. Um, but yeah, don't be surprised if you if you come back next week and you go the Tigers are back. But no, I, then I, I'm hoping Brisbane. I'm not going to be surprised. Brisbane are morals. Okay, Brisbane are morals. <laughs> well, I think Brisbane, you know, they've got a big game coming up as well, not just for the top four, coming down to break their MCG hoodoo, which is very important now for them to take a decent side at the MCG because if they play finals in Melbourne, they'd want to win behind them. And also just how their structure uh, handles without having hipwood because uh, now Joey Danaher probably can't play second ruck, otherwise they become really small in the uh, in the forward line. So it's an interesting game. I'm looking forward to this, and I hope uh, there's no rain. I hope we get a dry track. Morals. Okay, Saturday <laughs> uh, afternoon at Mars Stadium. The Battle of the Bridge has gone to Ballarat. Yes. Extraordinary scenes, but we're in extraordinary time. Sydney Swans $1.54 at Ballarat against the GWS. $2.50 and 10 and a half the line there. It'd be interesting to see if there's a three or four goal wind. Yes. But it's hard not to think that uh, on current form, you just steam into the Swans minus. You've got to be with the Swans here. I know you've got a, you're a, one of your other loves a lot, Loves in life are the Giants. You love them. <laughs> you fell into them so many times. <laughs> You know, unfortunately, I've got to pick sides all the way going through here. And just because I line up a few times on the same side, you think I'm in love with them or something. They're a very frustrating side to follow, the GW Giants. Very up and down. Um, And I think one of the major major things for GW this week, they may get Coniglio back, but the loss of Whitfield's huge. Um, He got got concussed last week and will be out. Um, And just with his run and carry against the Swans to break the lines, I think he's he's a real important out for GWS. Um, yes, on form, Sydney will win this game and they should win it comfortably. They, they were very good last week against the Bulldogs. Um, just on the positive for GWS, obviously they're fighting for their eighth spot as well. They need to take a scalp. Uh, they've been very up and down. Um, but they do have the advantage of playing at Ballarat last week and I think just going there in those conditions will give them some kind of edge where Sydney are first up. Um, so like last week, it's very important to see which way the wind's blowing. Um, you can get a real edge in betting um, with what happened last week, and it'll be interesting to see if the bookies are uh, all over it this week with uh, a very windy venue. Mm. So I, I think Sydney of a side, um, and there's already early money for them. Um, but GWS, geez, they're a hard team to uh, to yeah, follow. Yeah, they're a disgrace. Yeah, if you're back Sydney with confidence, if you're back Sydney with confidence, the Giants might nip you. Mm. They're they're almost as bad as West Coast. The Giants. They're in the same bracket. Yes. Absolute egg cases. And your team, Richmond. Well, no, Richmond are just <laughs> Richmond have just lost the hunger. They're, they're gone. Yeah, they can just uh-huh. absolutely completely cactus. Another yo-yo side we're going to talk about here is the Saints and Power. Well, they're powder puff. They're uh, flat track bullies, they and they're playing uh, the Saints at Marvel Stadium on Saturday night. And Power are dollar eighty four favourites here. Two dollars the Saints. The money has been for the Saints at the plus. Now into two and a half at topsport.com.au. I'm not sure how you bet in the St Kilda games either. It just takes years off your life. It's been a tough. It's been a tough year actually. <laughs> some oh, of these some coaster. of these sides you go through, the form's very up and down. Uh, St Kilda were dead and buried three weeks ago. Um, you know, the, the you know us included were calling for Ratten's head. Um, you know, very disappointing year. They finished what fifth or sixth the year before. 
Um, and most people would have had them in their top six, I think. Well, they at, coughed at up the a moment. massive lead against the Crows up in yes. Far North Queensland. Yeah. And now they're oh, coming right. out and yeah, causing well, they, bo- mad boilovers against yeah. one of the toughest hardball sides in the Lions last week. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and they were brutal last week, weren't they? they really Their pressure took, was unbelievable. Yeah, they took it up to the Lions. Um, one of the better performances for the year, I would have thought. Definitely St Kilda's best. Um, and now they've got another t- tough opposition, I guess, in Port Adelaide, but... Geez, I tell you what, Port Adelaide had everything going for them last week against Melbourne and just got torched again by a good side. But again, with Port Adelaide um, coming back, they just beat those sides below them. They've got an amazing record. They've been flat track bullies for the best part of three or four years under Hinckley. And, you know, it's not a betting game for me because I, I, I do think that the market will trend towards St Kilda and don't be surprised if it gets down to about Pickham. Um, can't see St Kilda necessarily starting favourite, but I think, again, if you want to back St Kilda, I'd get on earlier rather than later. And Port Adelaide, I think you'll get your best price in the last hour or two of betting. Um, but I, I think Port will get to a price here to bet uh, if they get close down to pick them. Uh, just for, I just think they have, they're have a better side against the weaker sides and whether St Kilda can back up last week. Um, but, yeah, it's tough to trust either one of these teams. Mm, it's uh, it's yeah. I, I I just I'd prefer to stay out or or play a total or find a different way to bet. Let's have a look at uh, buy, hold, sell, and uh, we'll get an update on Mark's expected wins here and how that uh, has affected the premiership price. And we'll go from the top. Melbourne have got the most expected wins uh, on nineteen, so they're four seventy five at top spot for the premiership. Western Bulldogs seventeen four sixty. Brisbane Lions seventeen at five fifty. The Cats, 17 wins also at $5, and then that rounds out the top four. And then finding out for the bottom four placings, according to you, is Port on 16 wins, $10. Sydney Swans, 16 wins, $12. West Coast Eagles, I'm not sure how you've found that again, uh, 12 wins, $51. And Bombers uh, sneak into the eight there, 11 uh, wins at $67 to win the flag. So you're... Uh, you finally dropped off Richmond, which is good news. St Kilda, you're saying, will struggle. GWS are gone, but uh, gee, you're a, a very hard marker against the Dockers. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you just go through and find, uh, you know, each, each match is just priced up still, uh, and then what comes out in, in a person's model is what it is, and all favourites don't win. Clearly, we've seen that in the last couple of weeks. So there's only one or two wins, obviously, and a few of those sides do play each other. So, you know, the projections can change quickly week to week. Um, but, yeah, at this stage, that's what I'm going with. And I know you don't have West Coast finishing there, but someone's got to finish seventh and eighth at this stage. And, uh, you know, just I, I think Essendon, are favourites, and I think they're actually value for the top eight right now. Um, with just with their draw going home, and as we said, if Richmond can't get over one of the next two weeks, um, I think their season's done, regardless of whether they win their last four or not. And also remember, if Richmond drop their next two, they've lost six in a row. So uh, I think they're right up against it. St Kilda's got a brutal draw, and so does GWS. So that's why I've got them missing. Uh, and Frio have got probably the hardest draw going home as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't subscribe to the hype just yet with Frio unless they beat the Cats. Interesting yes. to see how that washes out. Let's have a quick look at the Brownlow and uh, the Bont. Very short here, two dollars sixty. He's now with Top Sport. Ollie Wines is five fifty. Darcy Parish, my man, six fifty. The track Petrarca, huge last weekend, seven fifty. Clayton Oliver, Mark's man, seven fifty. McRae, ten dollars. Walsh, twelve dollars. Just seems he's been really short all year. Jack Steele's been the big mover, twenty one into fourteen dollars. Cam Guthrie, twenty. 
dusty. They've finally wound him out, $26, and you can uh, get much, much better the rest. Any value left here, or they've nearly squeezed the life out of it, have they? Um, no, <laughs> no. I, I think, uh, you know, did the, did the voting on uh, on Monday, um, and, you know, I think Petrarca represents some value. I know we've, we've uh, wagered in him before, but I just think around the $8, um, you know, with, with Melbourne's run home as well, um, you know, and he, he just looks like he's bounced back a bit. I think at $8, he represents some good value. So I'm basing the value now around, I just think, the Bont, um, with where I've got Bont in the market. Um, I'm not definitely not a pot on him. I just think around that 275 that he's in most markets, he's well found in the market. And I just think now he's probably maybe a better lay option than a bet. Um, so then when I look down the list, I think Petrarca at $8 uh, is definitely in the mix. And the value for mine in the last month of footy is Jack Steele. Um, if I was having one bet this week at the 20, I think he's around $21, $22 you can get in the marketplace. Um, you know, he, he, I think there's only maybe five that can win it. And I know there's still six rounds to go. So, um, you know, there's, there's a group on that next level, but I just think five have separated now. Um, and I think Jack Steele represents the value um, at the $21 for this week. And if you like Petrarca, I'd be backing him as well. Mm. And uh, having a look at the Coleman medal, Harry McKay, he's sort of last man standing here. They're all sort of falling over, getting injured with niggles. Uh, $1.80 McKay, he's got a seven-goal lead over uh, Tex Walker. But Tommy Hawkins is the next in the market, eight fifty. Texans, $9. Josh Bruce, $10. Jack Rewalt, 12 Josh J. Kennedy, 12 And Benny King there at 14 Astronaut, my man, he's injured at the moment at $15. But uh, Harry may be able to pinch this one if he uh, remains injury-free. Not much to uh, add there. It's a bit of a uh, stalemate there with the uh, Coleman medal. But uh, we'll take a break. That's a wrap from us. If you want uh, Mark's analysis on AFL this weekend, $15 you can get for this week, or you can buy the rest of his set for 77 for the rest of the season. So check out the Little Birdie Shop. And we'll take a break and we'll come back and talk Hall of Fame origin with uh, Top Rope Tedeschi. But if uh, if you're looking to enhance your horse racing form, make sure you check out punningform.com.au. You can get the raw data or you can get those guys to help you uh, build a model and start to automate your form analysis. So that's punningform.com.au. We'll take a quick break and we'll talk Rugby League next. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scooter. I've got MG in studio. Now it's time to talk with Top Rope Tedeschi, and we're going to induct someone into the Hall of Fame, someone who's done something magical on the pun. It's one of our favourite segments of the week. It's a bit of a piss take, but uh, here we are again. But welcome to the show, Top Rope. Scooty, MG, what an absolute delight to be back. It's fantastic. It feels like uh, we haven't seen you for ages in a short week of uh, rugby league. The uh, the tonic tonight is the state of origin and uh, my man Tommy Turbo. Hey, your man. Yeah, I've claimed him now. I tell you what, he was uh, was a was a different manly outfit with uh, with him out, wasn't it? Yeah, they can get right in the seat. They can get right in the seat. <laughs> performance last last week. They were very different. Uh, no Turbo, no cost, manly. Cost me plenty. Well, two weeks before, we got our right whack out of them. You backed every player any times. You took the minus. It swings and roundabouts this game. You know that top rope. You're, you're, you're more only as good as your last bet. You're only as good as your last performance. Manly are in the seat. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of last start performances, uh, was Joey Chestnut, who we inducted into the Hall of Fame last week. He won the July 4th hot dog eating competition. It's an illustrious list of uh, people in the Hall of Fame. Tommy Turbo's in there. Pappenhausen's in there. Jamie Carr's in there. She's just notched up a 100th winner. She's on fire. Yeah, be a good party. Yeah, I would tell you what. And Cam Munster there too, Cam leading us straight to uh, kittens. Yeah, and I see, be hosting. I see there's uh, someone's come out. I think it's running today. Cecil Street Lad. Someone's named their horse <laughs> Cecil Street Lad. We had a horse <laughs> once upon a time who was a very slow horse, and we yeah. named it Cecil Street. So he wasn't a champion whatsoever. Yeah. I don't even think he made the track. So hopefully Cecil Street Lad has uh, won That's better. True. But uh, give us a, uh, a Hall of Fame nominee, MG. We know that you don't really make the cut often. So no, no. Who, who are you going to put in? Ash Barty? Aussie Ash? No, no. I did. She was go- good to you on the punt. Yeah, no, Ash Barty was good, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, she could be close. I'm, I'm going to stick with the tennis. I'm just going to go uh, straight back more for my pick because after Top Rope put Joey in last week, I was shocked. So um, I'm going to go Djokovic. Just his, uh, you know, his short quote when we did the tennis show, um, you know, he was awesome. Um, and he joins both Nadal and Federer on 20 slams now after winning Wimbledon. And he's chasing history. So I'm just giving Top Rope a chance to get him in early um, because he has now got the chance to win both the Olympic gold and then go into the US Open and potentially Sweet. win the Golden Slam, which mm. has only ever been done once by Steffi Graf. So he's chasing a large piece of history. So I thought I'd just throw that up, Top Rope. Come the US Open, he could be shooting for number 21 to become the GOAT and the Golden Slam. Mm. Thoughts this week? Very, very Incredible nomination. Absolutely no doubt about that. You're right. You don't get too many opportunities to put him in. But I do, I do fancy at the, at the Olympics, we may get a chance to put him back in. Right. Who we won't get a chance to put back in for at least a little while is the England soccer team. Right. The England soccer team in the Hall of Fame. Was there any better bet than England losing in penalties <laughs> come the final time? Absolute morale. England losing in penalties. I'll tell you what, if Italy were anything longer than a dollar one heading into a shootout, it was overs. And it was just it was just something special. I know we all know a few Englishmen, and wasn't it just delightful? And and they, gee, they took the loss well though. You got you got to say, <laughs> wow, just the, the decency with which they take a take a take a big game loss. They're really uh. just, they're taking their stride. So the England soccer team for doing what England soccer does. Yeah, the team unity, the choke, team unity chokers. afterwards is crazy. It was a beauty. Sing their praises <laughs> until they lose, and they just tear them apart. They didn't even look like scoring after the second minute. They were blessed to actually uh, yeah. send it to overtime, weren't they? It was top rope. It was Scooty's favourite event of the year and will be hard to top. <laughs> the only thing that could beat it this year, and I know they're out of the running, would be a Hawthorne Premiership because he, ne- he, he's in- he never watched hardly any of the Euros. He just liked John to watch did. the results and just wanted England to lose on penalties in the final from weeks out oh, and it eventuated. And, 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 and that will be his favourite moment for 2021, I'm sure. I watched, I watched four minutes of Euro 2020. It was the penalty shootout. Didn't even realise where I could watch it. Someone gave me the heads up. You can watch the final here. Didn't want to watch the final. Pass. Penalty shootout. They cheer. I mean, can't miss this bit of history. Bang. Thank you very much. All the famous. <laughs> oh, auto bet oh, type stuff. Good. Italy in the final, and they like got the that. job done. Very good nomination. Oh, like sensational it. choke. Speaking of uh, auto bets, is New South Wales tonight in the Origin? They've uh, they've moved it up to the Gold Coast. Hopefully, they'll get a crowd for the Origin at least. A dollar twenty eight. The New South Wales Blues, Queensland three ninety. The line eleven and a half. Are these bookmakers? 
drunk on their uh, profits from the AFL and NRL. Got plenty week. to play with, Scoop. Plenty Four, to play with. 46.5 the total there, and there's been money for the under. Top rope, Tedeschi. I tell you what, if you tip Queensland at the plus here, I might have to sack you. <laughs> you know what else can get in the sea, Scooty, after the first two origins? Historical origin statistics. <laughs> I'm on the blues. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of trying to make a case for Queensland. They are rotten. As, as Paul Kent said on the NRL 360 the other night, this has been an absolutely shambolic series for Queensland. They've lost 76-6 in two games on home turf. They're, they're picking players who aren't eligible. They're, 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 they've wheeled out a coach who has no idea. Look, just take the minus 11 and a half. I don't like Moses. I don't like Whiten. But guess what? They've still got Turbo. They've still got Latrell. They've still got J- Jimmy Tedesco. Just take the minus. Mm, I'm, I'm happy you say that because I thought a little change in the halves might sway him back to the plus. So it was a really big intelligence test this week for Top Rope, but <laughs> I might have to call Tristan and just give him a bit of a heads up. You know, sometimes when we were working as bookmakers, you'd tip someone off if they put the plus up and, they're you know, bookmakers would scratch their back and say, hey, mate, tug their coat and say, look, you've, you've made a little pricing error here, but I might have to recall Tristan. Tom, Tommy Turbo, $1.86. He should be threes on. They still haven't turned him off. <laughs> well, don't worry about the line. Don't worry about the total. Don't worry about head to head. Turbo anytime. Scooty thought the dollar eighty six was for two, for Free. two for two tries. Free. You can't believe it was anytime. <laughs> oh, what a declaration! Oh, I hope he's in for your lock of the week this week, Scooty. Oh, automatically. Don't worry about JobKeeper in New South Wales. If you're doing it rough on COVID, Tommy Turbo. He will get you out of this COVID lockdown and you will have plenty. Has he had a match where he hasn't scored a try this year? I know Can't he hasn't remember. played that many, but. He had one a few weeks ago, but for score, the most right. part, he has scored he scored an insane number of tries in recent times. He's, yeah. uh, uh, he's scored hat-tricks in three of his last four games, which is yeah. fairly ridiculous. And he has scored, uh, he scored in every game bar one, didn't score in the Newcastle loss. Right, yeah. That's it. That's yeah, it. Well, you t- you t- Fourteen you t- tries t- in the- nine games. You tipped me the double and treble. What was it one or two weeks ago? Yeah, and you had it before half time. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying the I'm saying the new format of the game suits Tommy Turbo. I'm going to go out on a limb. Well, you've already declared oh. him as a as, as a special. So dollar <laughs> eighty six, Tristan. Wake up to yourself. Speaking of waking up to yourself, Friday night at Seabus Stadium at 6 o'clock, the early game. Don't get caught out, punters. Parramatta Eels, dollar fifty, two sixty-five. the Titans. Minus 6 there has been nibbled, one eighty-five. the Eels, dollar ninety-five. the plus, and the total, 49.5. Navigate us through this one, top rope. Who's value here? Nothing to navigate. The Eels minus. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, uh, a very easy bit for mine. The Titans are a defensive disgrace. Uh, yep, they beat the Raiders down in Canberra last time. It was an impressive effort. But the Eels are averaging 32.5 points a game against teams outside the top eight. They are tearing bad teams to shreds this year. Uh, I expect them to do the same here. They've scored 140 points in their last four outings against the Titans. I expect that run to continue. I think this will be a comfortable, comfortable Eels win. Mm. It, uh, they've got a bit of Port Adelaide about them, the Parramatta Eels. They beat the week. Beat the week. Yeah, it sounds pretty confident. Bullish. Yeah, I like it. It's good to see. All right, something uh, we're bullish about every week. It feels like we haven't spoken about him for a couple of weeks, so we're going to preview the uh, the Storm and Newcastle Knights match just for a change. 
$8.11 the Storm, $7 Newcastle Knights at Amy Park back in Melbourne, 19 and a half. The uh, the minor surprise surprise has been nibbled, 185 is probably top ropes money, $1.95 the plus. Not sure who would want to back that. And then the over points, 49 and a half. It looks, uh, looks a bit small too. Top rope? We need to bring an old-fashioned chorus in here, team. Storm minus and over. Come on. It's too easy. Uh, of course the Storm are going to cover this one. They've won nine straight against Newcastle. All the stats. They've just broken the record for most 40-point games in a season. Uh, attacking powerhouse. Still no Harry Grant. Still no Ryan Pappenhausen. It just won't matter. They will absolutely towel the Knights. And there's a good chance Newcastle won't have Ryan... Ah, won't have Callum Pong on the backup. He's pretty key to, to, to their success. Their only real strong performance this year was that 38 mil win uh, against the Cowboys. That form has hardly been franked, but uh, uh, they had Ponga and Pierce both playing in that game. If Ponga doesn't play, this line should be north of 30. So uh, more than happy to, to take the minus 19 and a half here. I think that is tremendous. They, I expect them to get rolling on. They've won 12 of their last 13 by 16 or more points. Doesn't matter. Just back and stop. Sounds, sounds put, like it'll be yeah, cheering big it. numbers, I think. Yeah, I might have to have a little Tommy Turbo into the storm minus I double. I, whenever whenever Top Rope says should be 30, yeah, should be 30 points, it means scores, moral. Scores 50. Gold-plated moral. 50 to zero and stuff. He's always cheering the win by 40, win by 50, sweating it out. Yeah, you've, got to have a, you've got to have a bit of Ric Flair. You've got to have a bit of Ric Flair <laughs> on there. Yeah, you don't even <laughs> worry about the line. You're, you're going for the 50 straight away. Oh, they might not get to 50-0. <laughs> they might not, but they usually do. Yeah. On Sunday, uh, Benny Eichens' uh, Broncos play the West Tigers, and uh, this one uh, has there's been lots of action here. The Broncos a dollar seventy, West Tigers two twenty. The line of three and a half here, and fifty one and a half up at Suncorp Stadium on Sunday. Top rope. Which way are we playing here? Are Broncos uh, a good bet? No, no. Now the Broncos favourites against anyone. This is only this is the first time. <laughs> In 14 months, they've been favoured against any team not named the Canterbury Bank Sound Bulldogs. Uh, yeah, they had a good win against the Sharks last week. Absolutely leave me out of them backing that up. They've covered just five of their last 19 at Suncorp, off scoring 20-plus points. They do not hold form. The Tigers, look, they're a pretty horrendous side themselves, but they beat the Broncos 48-0 last time they met, and they do tend to bounce back off a of pretty ordinary defensive showing. So uh, they did cover against Souths. Yeah, backdoored it. We all felt the pain of that one. Uh, MG, but uh, <laughs> uh, they still they still they still ran in twenty. I'm, I'm I'm hoping this will alleviate some of the hurt of that uh, of that game. Mm, so uh, Broncos false favourite. Where's the where's this market going to settle? Uh, this will go this will go close to pick them. I reckon. I think the money will all come to the Tigers. They uh, line up in four and a half, four into three and a half. Got that key number of four. I expect this to keep going down. One eighty two dollars, close to pick them, something like. That. Hmm. So the three and a half still value if you've missed yep. the odds early at topsport.com.au. Now, a segment that uh, we're handling probably as well as the Brisbane Broncos are going is our lock of the week uh, for raise.org.au, which uh, mentor teens uh, if they're going down the wrong path, and we're definitely going down the wrong path <laughs> of lock of the week. Luckily, we've got uh, 10K in the bank for charity already, but we're trying to chase that magical 5K mark. It's been... Very disappointing. Richmond Football Club are uh, one of the perennial losers and part of the reason that uh, Lock of the Week is going so poorly. So a little shout-out to uh, the Tigers there. But let's try and get a little bit of momentum. It's starting to get to the uh, pointy end of the season. We've probably only got 10 weeks left. 
of to try and get to that 5k mark so we need some sort of hail mary some sort of steady hand everyone's got their own strategy mine's struggling but uh, i thought top rope was there uh, when he when he hit the 14 dollar winner on the <laughs> manly 51 plus which was exquisite and then he's just got you know fell into the uh, like the ultra shorts i warned i said this is a recipe for disaster you got to put your balls on the line and have a go in this segment why didn't you just put it all on tommy turbo anytime which he, he could have, and he, he hasn't, he, and he would have got there for the five k. He was stiff because Melbourne Storm weren't playing last week, so that, oh, no, that's, I didn't want. That's it like last two week. hands behind your back. I know. Oh, yeah, he should have almost had a week. Had a off, guy had a week off, hindsight. and then just put it all on the Storm this week, and he would have been there. So, all right, we'll save top rope for last. But MG, give us your two hundred dollar free bet to get uh, get to the magical five k. You're back to square. We're all back to square. Back to square. I'm I'm trying to play the straight bat and build. It's not working at this stage, but uh, all head to heads for me. Treble this week. Geelong, Bulldogs, and Essendon comes to two dollars sixty uh, for my two hundred. So just a little treble and uh, try and build. With what have we got? Six weeks of the regular season left. We're going to try and use all of them to uh, yes. build your balance too. That's how weak you're betting. Okay, I'm going to uh, I'm going to be a bit more aggressive here. I'm going to try and uh, get a thousand in the kick. I'm going to take Tommy Turbo to score a try tonight in the Origin. I'm going to take Brizzy Lions to beat uh, the hatless Richmond Tigers. The uh, the Western Bulldogs to dismantle uh, the Gold Coast Suns. The D's will uh, smash my Hawks. I'm silly enough to go and watch it in the rain. And then the Bombers are a good thing against the Kangas. The Kangas are back in form, but uh, I don't like Kangas off A, a heavy deck, and I don't like them on the uh, the road trip back from West Coast. The boys would have been drunk for two days off that six win, day, and, six and rightly so. I would, have, I would have done the same thing if I'd... Uh, one like North Melbourne had, and it's been a bit of a drought, so they have to celebrate their win. So five dollars and seven for my uh, my five leg moral. So top rope, what do you got? I've got a fantastic bet in Origins night. I'm going to double it into the Melbourne Storm once. <laughs> <laughs> Latrell Mitchell, man of the match, nine dollars fifty. Wow. wow! I'll tell you a little. I'll tell you a little history of man of the match. Players don't win it twice in a series. There's been one player. Since 1988, who's won two in a series. Put a line through Tedesco, put a line through Turbo. They always give it to someone in the final game who has had a good series. Latrell mm. Mitchell has been the second best player on the field in game one. Was the second best player and actually traded a favourite when Betty went down in game two. If he has anywhere near a half decent game tonight and New South Wales win, he'll be getting man of the match award. You can be sure of that. $9.50 into the good thing, the Storm. Minus yes. nine and a half. You get $17.58 for it. That'll take us up to about 3600 And then I'll put it all on a short in. We're back to 200 in two weeks. <laughs> the NRL, oh. they, NRL love a rot, don't they? They can't even send out a, a genuine man of the match. It's got to be a build-up through a series now just to even it out. Well, they can't They can't bet on the Daly M because they always leak the result. It's, it's, a, it's the hottest go. But that's New South Wales. They're yeah, all no, hot goes. Hey, let's get around the 950 into the storm. Sounds like a fill-up. I tell you what, and uh, just looking at the any times, Latrell Mitchell, two twenty five. He has to score a try to get the end of the match. So, yeah, a little bit of cream. <laughs> what if he sco- if he scores two tries? Is that enough for him to get player of the match? It'd be close, wouldn't it? One try and a couple of tackle breaks would be enough for him to get man of the match. Mm, little charity, uh, charity medal for Latrell Mitchell sounds like a good way to go. So make sure okay. you uh, treat our locks of the week with trepidation because we're absolutely <laughs> butchering it. Absolutely butchering the, the This is the time to get on. 
We're yeah. going to run hot late. It's going to turn. Yep. It's going to turn. Fantastic stuff. Hopefully uh, we've found you an AFL NRL winner and we've given you uh, some insight into this week's origin or tonight's origin. Uh, big thanks to you, Top Rope. Uh, it's been a pleasure yet again. And I can't wait to sink my teeth into the Open Championship. We've got some Beth Doctor this week. Yeah. The show goes on and the, the feast of uh, sport continues and it's probably the only thing keeping us going at the moment through COVID. But uh, thanks, Top Rope. What an absolute delight. See you, boys. Yeah, <laughs> he loves Benny, doesn't he? Yes. Outstanding stuff. All right. It's a uh, a bit of a wrap from us. Hopefully yeah, uh, the punters can get back on the board. It wouldn't surprise me if the AFL favourites start to run really true this week. And uh, let's get a bit of revenge on the bookies this week. I've had a gutful. Let's hope the right teams win. The right teams win. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if Richmond bob up, I'll be absolutely sick. They'll kill oh, my lock of the week and uh, they've just cost us a fortune all year. Uh, if you want to tune into us, uh, you can find us on YouTube, Little Birdie TV, or you can head to the Apple Store, Spotify, SoundCloud. We're all over the shop there, and we'll be back next week for more Little Birdie podcasts. But make sure you check out our golf special this week and Bet Doctor if you're going to have a bet on the ponies. Thanks, guys. Bye.